James 3. I don't know if y'all are enjoying going through the book of James as much as I am, but, but I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying my times preparing for, uh, for the message, for, for the teaching every, every week. And you that have been here, <clears throat> you'll remember that James is the author. He's the half-brother of Jesus. Uh, he didn't start trusting in Jesus. He didn't trust him as the Messiah until Jesus rose from the dead uh, on that first resurrection morning. That's whenever he placed his trust in the Lord, and he became a leader in the early church. This letter that he's writing, it says that, that he was writing to believers that had been scattered probably because of persecution or the threat of persecution. So this letter is, is not as much for folks who haven't already, haven't placed their trust in Jesus yet. It's more toward bringing and encouraging and motivating and challenging even towards spiritual maturity and those who have already declared their trust or their, their belief in who Jesus is. So it's a, it's a very short letter, 108 verses, five chapters, but it covers a whole lot to the point where, again, just like today, last week we covered the first half of chapter 3. This week, I couldn't just move on to chapter 4 because I feel like this is an important uh, topic or aspect that James was trying to get through to believers then that is also moving to bring to us today. Amen? So, we looked at the first half of chapter 3, which talked about that small thing in our mouth called the tongue and how hard it is to control that piece of rot. It takes sanctification, a change of the heart to control that mouth and how important our words are. And so we're at the second part, and he's going to talk about wisdom. And he's going to bring out two kinds of wisdom. Let's start at verse 13 of chapter 3 of James. Who is wise and understanding among you? It's a really good question. Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done, and the humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it. Or deny the truth. Verse 15, such wisdom, and, and notice the scare quotes. I mean, they even had those back then, apparently. He's being a little sarcastic on that wisdom. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and even demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, 
full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Verse 18, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. So, Lord, as we open up your word today, I pray in Jesus' name that you would open up our hearts to receive. And, Lord, that we wouldn't only learn and get a knowledge of your word, but, Lord, it would, it would challenge us and help us apply it in our daily lives. Give us your wisdom, I pray, in Jesus' name. And everybody say it. Amen. So we find here, and you can follow along in your notes as well as online. You can follow along as well. Two kinds of wisdom. You have true wisdom from above and false wisdom from below. True wisdom from above and false wisdom from below. We need to realize and remember also that knowledge and wisdom are different. Those are different things. Wisdom is what you do with the knowledge that you have. Two people may have the same knowledge and react in two different ways depending on the origins of their wisdom. So let me just give you one easy illustration. The James Webb Telescope, you didn't think I was going to go there, did you? Is the most powerful telescope in the world at this time. It launched on Christmas Day of 2021. We can see much further now into the universe and our solar system, and with, we can see further and we can see much, with much more clarity than ever before because of this powerful telescope. So the reaction of one person that looked at the images from that telescope may be, what an awesome piece of equipment that we could be able to see the beauty and the vastness of the universe with such clarity. I wish I would have been smart enough to create that telescope. You have that one approach or perspective, and then you have another approach, reaction from another person that would be, what an awesome God that created such a vast, beautiful, wonderful universe. Thank you, God, for giving someone the ability to create that telescope so we could discover and observe the wonder of your creation. Can you see the difference? One is saying, man, what a great piece of equipment. I wish I could be as smart as that guy to build something like that. I'm sure he's rich because he did that. Or this side Man, thank you, God, for having somebody that had enough smarts to be able to create this piece of equipment to show and to help us to see the vastness and the beauty and the awesomeness of what you have created. If the origin of your wisdom is from below, you focus on the equipment and determine your value with compare your value 
with the comparisons of other people. If the origin of your wisdom is from above, you focus on the awesomeness and the authority of God and determine your, val your value on what God says about you. So you're able to celebrate what God does in and through other people instead of being jealous about what God does through other people and what other people may be able to do. All of a sudden you say, Lord, thank you for the, ability, the abilities that you've given me. They may be able to do a whole bunch, but I can do one thing really good. <laughs> Help me to discover what that is. So these two kinds of wisdom are at odds with one another. These two kinds of wisdom are at odds with one another. Not necessarily the knowledge, but the wisdom. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians. Look at what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the, philosoph where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Then in verse 25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom. <laughs> and, and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. So you have this wisdom from above, and then you have in chapter 2, he talks about the other kind of wisdom. He said, the person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. They can't understand them because they're, they are discerned only through the Spirit. And how many of you found, maybe somebody has even vocalized it, with more than just looking at you crazy. Whenever, whenever you say you, man, I go to church every week, I love it, my kids love it, blah, 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 blah. Not blah, 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 blah. But you, you talk about how your passion toward God and, and that type of thing, and they look at you and sometimes even tell you, man, what a, you're, you're wasting your time. You tithe as well. You are wasting your money. All those preachers, they're stealers. You know that you've heard it. My mother-in-law said that whenever Mickey and I first got married. I used to have, we used to have her do our taxes until after the second year. She just got infuriated with us because looking at what we, how much money we gave to the church. <laughs> And I said, well, I'll do my taxes myself then. Because worldly wisdom would say that's foolish. Godly wisdom would say that that brings more. 90% goes further than 100%. 90% blessed goes further than 100% cursed. We set ourselves up for the miracles of God whenever we, not just on the finances, but whenever we live our lives according to the principles of God's Word, 
all of the sudden we set ourselves up to receive the promises of God. I'll amen myself. All right. So James tells us that there are, there's many contrasts between these two kinds of wisdom. First, there's a contrast of origin. One is from below. It's worldly or earthly. It's soulish or unspiritual. One translation says natural or secular. And then it goes on to say even times demonic. What some of the experts are calling science today actually is demonic. We won't go all into that, but it seems it's been seems that it's been that way for thousands of years. Because James is calling it out, calling it out here. Isn't that something? In fact, if you pay attention, it didn't take very long from the very beginning that the serpent said, did God really say? So all of a sudden we find that this earthly wisdom that is limited to the secular and whatever we may be able to gain here and sometimes even goes 100% against what God says has been here from the very beginning, and whenever we move on over here seeking God's wisdom, we find that it is limitless. Because God's wisdom and knowledge is limitless. Colossians says that all the treasures of wisdom is found in Jesus. So we don't have to know everything. We don't, know how, we don't have to know how to do everything. We need to work our minds. Don't be that. <laughs> but we, we don't have to know everything. We just get to know as closely as we can the one who does know everything. All right. So one is worldly, soulish, or unspiritual, or limited to how we feel or how we think, or what our selfish will is. So you have this false wisdom from below. So contrast that with the origin of wisdom from above. It originates from God in heaven. And James also says that there's not just the contrast of origin of from heaven and God and below, earthly, soulish, sometimes demonic. But he also gives us a contrast in the characteristics of this wisdom. The characteristics of false wisdom from, wisdom from below, look at it and, and see, if you see if you recognize this at all. Bitter envy and selfish ambition. Do you recognize that in the world at all? 
Verse 14, he said, this isn't on the screen. If you had your paper, I was jealous of Declan, got him a new paper, a, a regular Bible. <laughs> some of y'all didn't even know that the Bible actually, there's some with paper. <laughs> not, just, not just on your phone or the computer or something. There's actually paper Bibles. He got one, brought it in this morning that I'm jealous of. So if you on the digital or if you have a paper one, I'd, it would be good to have one where you could underline some of these as we go back through it because they're not going to be on the screen. He said, but the wisdom that comes from heaven, well, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, don't boast about it or deny it. Deny the truth. So you have this of bitter envy and selfish ambition. We'll find out some more about that here in a few minutes. But, and then you have the wisdom from above. You contrast the characteristics of it, and you find that the wise have a, first of all, a pure heart. He said in verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all. Look at the priority of this. Of a pure heart because there's no way that you're going to have or even pursue these other characteristics if you don't start with a pure heart. If you don't have a pure heart, you're not going to even consider any of the rest of this. And Titus 1.15 says this, everything is pure to those who, whose hearts are what? Pure. But nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and consciences are corrupt. Jesus said in Matthew 5, 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So the first characteristic of a, of a person with wisdom from above is to ask God for a pure heart so that we can receive the empowerment and the interest and the desire for the rest of these characteristics. Goes on to say, the wise love peace. The wise love peace. He said in verse 17 as well, the wisdom that comes from heaven is peace-loving, peace-loving. Proverbs 20, verse 3, I like the way it says in the message version, it's a mark of good character to avert quarrels, quarrels, but fools love to pick fights. <laughs> Ain't that something? Somebody around you likes to pick fights, don't look at them right now. Just, just, just let the Holy Ghost speak to them, you know. <laughs> some people love drama. They can't go very long without creating some drama. People with wisdom from above can, can certainly live without drama. They love peace. All right, so the next characteristic that James brings out, the wise consider it. 
the wise consider it. He said in verse 17 as well, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is considerate, which means they are willing to consider it. The wise are willing to listen and actually consider what others are saying. Instead of just figuring out how you can win the argument, you actually listen to the other person, what they're saying. Consider it means that you respect others and that you desire clarity more than just winning the argument. So the wise that have wisdom from above consider it. Proverbs 12, 15 says this. Oh, that's the next one. Moving on to the next. The wise are willing to change their minds after they consider it. They're willing to change their minds. But the wisdom that comes from heaven, he says, is submissive. Which doesn't necessarily mean that you just get run over. It means that you consider it and you're willing to change your minds. You're willing to, you're willing to submit winning for learning and growing. Proverbs 12, 15 says this, fools think, Proverbs, the writer of Proverbs loved that fool word, man. Fools think their own way is right, but the wise, look, listens to others, actually listens. There's a lot of times that I hear Mickey talking, but I ain't listening. <laughs> I'm not saying that's good. <laughs> And there's a lot of times whenever we say you, we come even to church sometimes and we hear a powerful message or we, we experience the, the presence of God and we hear it, but we're not listening to it. The wise are willing to change their minds. A person of wisdom consistently asks himself, am I, am I reasonable? Is my desire to learn and grow, grow or is my desire to win? Moving on. The wise make it easy as possible to reconcile relationships. The wise make it as easy as possible to reconcile relationships. He says in verse 17, but the wisdom that comes from heaven is full, look, I mean, well, you can't because it's not up there unless you have your Bible out. It's full of mercy and good fruit. All of us desire to have mercy extended to us, so we need to do unto others as we decide, desire them to do for us. And again, this doesn't mean that you need to be willing to be manipulated and taken, uh, taken advantage of. 
But it does mean that wisdom doesn't hang on to things that should be let go of. It means don't continue to hang on to things that should be let go of. How do you know if you're hanging on to something? One of the ways is that you keep bringing it up. If something that should have been let go of a long time ago and you're still talking about it, it continues to just bubble up all the time. Sometimes that's something that needs to be let go of. Let it go. So a good question is, What is, is there something that I need to stop bringing up? Moving on. There's contrast, he brings up the contrast of origin, and Seth, you can come on up if you'd like. Contrast of origins between these two wisdoms. One is from above, one is from below. There's, you've got the contrast, contrast of characteristics that we just went through. We just, we have just gone through for you teachers that are out there. And then we have a contrast. He shows us a contrast of outcomes. How we, how we, how we live our lives makes a difference. Is it going to be from the wisdom up from above or the wisdom from below? Look at verse 16. He said, for where you have envy and selfish ambition, this is, this is what, what he talked about on the wisdom from below, where you have this envy and selfish ambition, there you find what? Disorder and every evil practice. There's a whole lot of disorder going on in the world today. And a lot of it has to do with we're making decisions from the highest offices to individuals. We're making decisions from the wisdom from below instead of the wisdom from above. And it brings disorder and it brings a whole lot if we don't get that corrected in our lives it brings some practices in fact Romans 1 talks about if we don't get that under control that many times we'll end up doing things that we thought we would never do before so you got that Aren't you glad he didn't stop there? <laughs> Talks about wisdom from above. Look at, the, look at the outcomes of it. Verse 18. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness or spiritual maturity or right living, blessed by God. 
We desperately need the wisdom from above to navigate living and influencing in this world that is full of envy, selfish ambition, disorder, and every evil practice. Don't we? Especially to navigate through it with peace. Because it doesn't matter. There's all kinds of arguments going on right now. It doesn't matter if you're if you're on this extreme or on this extreme. If you're not peace-loving, if you don't have the wisdom of God, it's going to create disorder, envy, anger, a bunch of evil practice on this side, envy, selfish ambition, disorder, and God wants us to display the greatness and the wisdom of God that brings in us a peace and a joy to where whether this side of an argument or that side of an, of an argument, they finally look in the s- folks with wisdom from above that are walking in peace, walking in confidence, not trying to just win an argument. living for a higher purpose than just selfishness. God's desire is that we reap a full harvest of His righteousness and His wisdom. But it begins with what James said. It's first of all pure. It starts with a desire for a pure heart. And the only place that that comes from is from us looking to the one, the only one who is holy. And let him apply his righteousness and his purity to us. So God, right now we come before you Lord, I pray that you would speak to every one of us, oh God. And we ask you now that you would reveal yourself. Lord, if there's some who have not asked you to come change their heart, I pray right now that they would come before you right now and say, Lord, there's all kinds of stuff going on in my life and in my heart right now. I surrender that to you and I desire that you would purify my heart and God I pray that those who may have come before you they believe in you Lord they've allowed some things in their heart I pray right now oh God that you would speak and as we as we sing this prayer to you oh God I pray that you would answer it and each and every one of us. Purify us, O God, and make us who you want us to be so that we can make you look big.
and make you look good in a world that needs you desperately.